Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adam. John, it's a pleasure to be with you today, and as always, it's a great time to talk about Jesus. It is, man. Right. I'm excited for you. You're headed up to Notre Dame tomorrow, going to catch the Notre Dame uh, Navy game. Yeah, and... we, were, we were hoping that you know, we bought the tickets right well, you know, kind of before the opening of the, the whole season, so we're like expecting their, you know, Navy to be maybe... You know, ranked 25 <laughs> sure. or some of that, you know, Notre Dame being top five and a big powerhouse of running games going back sure. and forth. But, uh, yeah, anyways, it's going to be fun regardless. Well, that's awesome, man. I went up there with you guys a couple of years ago and got to experience the campus and just see all that stuff. And you see in the movies and yeah. Rudy and all that. It was really cool. It's going to be a little warmer this time. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it was 18 and snowing last yeah. time. But I'm glad for you guys. I wish I could go, but it's birthday weekend and just we're going to stay around here with the family. And That's all right. I'll be enjoy them. some pictures and texts. There you go. That's right. There you go. Well, man, I'm excited for some other reasons, too, one of which we uh, picked up a new company that wanted to sponsor oh, us, and great. it's something yeah. something really cool. You know, it's actually scapulars.com, and I mean, have you ever worn a scapular, Victor? Yeah, I have, a, the brown scapular. And yeah. Of course, coming new into the Catholic faith, it was always more intriguing to figure out what it all means, and so I, I, I wore it, but I wasn't officially, in, you know, part of a, the group, you know? Sure, yeah. So I just wore it, I got it blessed and stuff, and tried to do the hours on my own, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, I have. Yeah, it was like I always wanted to, but like every single one of them I was ever given or I looked at, it, I got frustrated with it because mm-hmm. it either broke because it was poorly made or it was just irritating, like to wear yeah. on my skin and all that. I just didn't, I never found one I liked. But you know, with this company, scapulars.com, they, they sent me a sample of it. I looked at it. They, you know, their goal was to create the most durable and comfortable scapular ever made. And part of it, too, is they want to share the devotion, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if people don't know what the scapular is, Our Lady of Carmel gave St. Simon Stock the scapular as a heavenly promise of divine protection. Right. Um, but again, like I, everyone I ever tried, I mean, several people gave them to me, and when I'm trying to put them on, like they actually snap the leather pieces and things like that. So what I've liked about these is that they're super durable. They're American-made, like the cording and everything's made here in America. And it's, it's one of the sturdiest in the world. In fact, that's what they claim is that yeah. it is the sturdiest in the world. And what I like about it is if it wears out or it breaks, they'll actually replace it for free. Oh, um, okay. The other thing is, too, it's soft. Like the ones I tried before, they were irritating. Like they had the – well, yeah, yeah, and the threads in them. Like they weren't made of a soft material. And these are. They're – you know, it's it's it doesn't have that like itchy or uncomfortable feel. They're super soft. They're actually made of like Australian merino wool. So it feels yeah, like a fancy. warm hug from your mother. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, the other thing is they've changed the way they kind of, the design of them. It's mm-hmm. the original size, but they actually have a pocket in them for like where you can put your sacred medals in it. So you're yeah. not wearing a necklace and that. And, and so they really made some innovative designs to it. But um, that way they don't wear out as easy. If you got something rubbing up against it, like a metal, you know, a metal mm-hmm. chain that goes on a lot of the necklaces or, or metals we wear. But some other things that I really like about them, this company, and whenever somebody wants to sponsor the podcast, I always look deeper into things. I'm not just saying yes and letting them sponsor. I really look and see what their what their reasoning is. Uh, the guy that owns it, Steve, he, he's got a really strong devotion to this, and, and he wanted to provide a, a better quality product for others that wanted to have the same devotion cool. that would last. And he's done some things to, to back up what he's put out there. You know, one, 
if you buy a scapular from them, then they give one away to any elderly person that might need one. So, you know, when you buy something, someone else is getting one because of your purchase. So you're actually doing something for you and for somebody else. And then if you purchase two of them, they ship for free. So they do stuff like that. That's cool to help you save money and getting them. And, you know, I'm just, from what I've seen and from what I enjoy about it, it, like, look, if you're looking for a scapular that's comfortable, that's made well, and that won't let you down, then these are the people to go look at. So I would go to scapulars.com, check out Mm -hmm. what they've got. They got a video from the founder there. It explains all, all of what they make, the the quality of it, why they went that way. And it really is a quality material. I'm not going to put something on here that that isn't going to be something somebody would enjoy and be able to use for a while. So guys, if you want a scapular, go check out scapular, scapulars.com and you'll find the the best one that's made in the world there by these folks that are doing a lot. Besides just making them, doing stuff for other people, making sure they get them and making sure that uh, they last if you do. So thank you so much to scapulars.com. Uh, I also want to talk about the new Book Me page that we put up. Really enjoying that. Um, it's you know in the past it was just a Book Me form where you went in there and there wasn't a lot of details about well what does he do what is you know what's going on. Now you can there's an events section mm-hmm. so it shows you all the coming up events that we're doing in the next few weeks next few months. So if you're somebody who's listening to the show and you want to see if we're coming to your area, you can go to justaguyonthepew.com, book me, and go in there and see. You know, It'll list if we're going on a TV show, if we're going on a radio show, if we're going to a parish to start a men's group or having a conference or a retreat or any of those things. And you can keep up. And that way, you know, I, I always want to meet anybody that listens to the show. It's, it's very fun for me to just meet folks that listen. So you, know, you can go there and see if we're coming to your area. Also, you can get signed up for our pilgrimage with Father Larry Richards there, right in the middle of the page. You drop down, you go in, it takes you to Select Travel's website where you can find out more about the trip, everywhere we're going, everything we're doing. Again, you can renew your marriage vows there. We're going to all of the main spots in the Holy Land. Uh, Father Larry has been multiple times. He loves this version of the trip, and so do a lot of people that travel with Select. So we're really excited about going to all those sites, the Garden of Gethsemane, the site of the crucifixion, walking the... Uh, the Stations of the Cross, all of those things um, for that trip. So again, that's in in May of 2023, May 10th through the 20th, I believe. And you can find out all information and sign up. We're going to have limited spots. So if you're serious about going, you know, look into it, decide if it's something for you, and then join so you make sure and get to go with us here in a couple of years. Um, Also, you can go further down. You can book me for conferences, parish missions, retreats, and starting men's groups. We have been just inundated with these, very blessed with a lot of people who've seen us on Pints with Aquinas lately, a lot of the other things we've been on, and have, have, have said, we want to start a men's group. So we're actually scheduling those out now, um, right now, figuring out what people want. That's what we want to do, mm-hmm. is go start things that last, um, to start groups that will bear fruit, fruit for years, whether they're using our stuff or not, but to, to, to truly train men. That's what's missing a lot. People, everybody has something in a box to give you, to put in your room, to bring men together to hit play. But not everybody is sitting there teaching you the things that you and I have learned over six years of not knowing what we're doing. And by the grace of God, he showed us some successes. He showed us failures. And we learned from both. And now we're sharing that with men and building those leaders up. You know, the, the programs are to build the men in the room up, but there's not a lot to build the leaders up. So that's where our focus is. And that's what we want to continue to do. And so we've, you know, today I talked to somebody that ordered a bunch of bulk books and I called him up on the phone and said, do you know what they are? Do you know how to use them? And we walked away with, now we're going to go to that parish 
and we're going to do a uh, start a men's group and do a retreat while we're there. So there's a lot of great things like that that are going on. You can go to the book me page, just submit what you're looking for. My assistant, my assistant Amy or myself will reach back out to you. We'll talk about it and see what we could do to best fit your needs. Another thing going on, the narrow road just keeps growing and growing and growing. I mean, it seems like we're getting you know, tons of guys every day. We're sending these things out. We're increasing the number that we're printing every month. Um, we've got vulnerability coming up in December. We're in integrity now this month. And guys are really just saying it's changing their life as they always have. If you're a guy who has been thinking about that, but you haven't done that yet, go to uh, com, join the community and get in there. You can get it for 50% off. You can also visit our store while we're there. So we've got some great things. I haven't told you this, Victor, but we actually have someone making a mock-up of a rosary that will be specifically a just a guy on the pew rosary. Hmm. You know, that'll be sort of the colors of the ministry and it'll have the things that the the medals and things that that I think, you know, yeah. I would like on it. And so we're gonna have those go on the site here soon. So check out the store if you haven't been there. You can also find that on the website. All right. So now let's get into the show. So Victor, you know, a question people may be wondering lately while a lot of the episodes have like the questions where they used to be just one word like lust or temptation or humility or whatever we're it is. Out of the words. Right. Well, yeah, we ran oh, out of yeah. single words. We ran out of all the sins. Guys. Sorry, we're done. No, it, it, it just, a lot of people are asking questions. When I go on these shows, the emails that come after them, they see my testimony and they'll mm-hmm. ask me certain things. Well, how did you get through this? Or why is this, you know, this way for me? And one of the questions that comes up a lot is why is it so hard to live my faith? Um, and that's, you know, that one has come up a couple of times. And then of course I read the reading yesterday, um, which was, from Luke 14, 25, 33. And it's the one where a lot of people are confused by what Jesus says in this reading. It's all about the divisional stuff, right? He says, now great multitudes accompanied him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Then he goes on to say, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, "The man, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to encounter another king in war will not first sit down and take counsel whether he is able with 10,000 men to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an embassy and ask for terms of peace. So therefore, whoever of you does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. You read this and you're like, okay, Jesus says to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. So why is he telling me I need to hate people in my life? You know, why is he telling me I need to even hate my very self? And this can be very confusing. And this leads to sort of an answer to why is is it so hard to live my faith? Because in this, Jesus obviously is not asking you to hate anybody. You know, he wouldn't have said his whole ministry and mission was about love, his love for us, our love for other people, and both of our love for the father, right? That's what he was always talking about. But in this verse, what he's trying to say is, I'm not telling you to hate your parents. I'm not telling you to hate your brother and your sister and your wife, your kids, any of that. I'm telling you to love me first, Mm -hmm. right? I'm telling you, I have to be your first love. And at first glance, a lot of people, we find this hard because we go, I love my kids a lot. Like, I can't love you more than them. Or I love my wife so much, I never want to be without her. I can't love you more than that. And so we feel like Jesus is asking us to replace those things in our life with them. But what he's really saying is, 
I want you to have the best life you possibly can have, right? And that life, that best life you can have is by completely and totally surrendering to me and giving your life over. And it's through that, putting me first, even though it does not seem like it. It seems like you're moving everything out of your life and only making room for me. It's through giving your very self, all of yourself to me, that you're able to become the man that you need to be for all those other people in your life. Well, you're talking about a misplace of devotion. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what Christ is saying is that, you know, we are all, uh, in a sense, selfish. Right. So therefore, when you're selfish, you're always thinking about what is important to you, not necessarily to others, and obviously not to God. Right. So therefore, he is saying, you know, your devotion needs to be directly towards me, because mm-hmm. that way I can... You, I can teach you to love better than you think you know. Right. And and that's the, thing, the same thing with the cost of discipleship. He's kind of saying, take the cross up, you know, which means is that it's not about you. It's about, you know, <coughs> serving others and helping others. And if more people come together helping other people, then the whole mission of Christ, you know, coming down to earth is, uh, is started. You know, it began. Yeah. It continues to work. And that's what this, the whole sense of what, what it all is all about. Right, and that's the thing, like, because so often with us, we think if we're giving something up, that we're not going to get anything better than that, yeah. right? We we look at it and say, well, you know, I really want to leave this job, and I hate this job, and all this stuff, but if I do, then what? So whatever else is out there is going to be worse, right? And that's not the way it is with Christ. It's like, no, if you give yourself the idea of surrender, which men hate the word a lot of times because it means. To them, they think they're weak or that they can't do stuff on their own or that they need somebody else. It's just something they don't like to admit. But in fact, that's what Christ is saying. When you surrender, it's not like you're waving the white flag and giving up your life. You're actually receiving your life. The I'll life surrender that, and go ahead and pick up the spill <laughs> that was on the table. That's right. Just, that's right. Victor made a mess. I was, I was waving mess. my arms as that's usual right. and I hit water bottle. Yeah, over, I yeah. keep telling him nobody can Continue. see him, but he doesn't care. So, <laughs> but anyway... We, we, we think that we're going to lose all this, but in Christ we gain everything that we never could possibly have on our own. Yeah. But we hear these things, and there's other verses. I mean, in 1 Peter 2.21, it says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. We hear that. Well, yeah, I know what that means when Christ suffered. He died and was beaten and all these things. Right. I don't want that in my life. You know, or you hear things like Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, we hear things like that. It's like, well, I want to take up my cross, but only like when I have well, to, I don't like, do it every day. How big is my cross? Right. How long should I carry it? Yeah. Right. And, right. And, and is it a few feet, a lot of feet? Is right. it, what do you mean daily? I got to do this every <laughs> single day. And that's what he's saying. And people find these things hard. Again, 1 John 2, 3 through 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. This is this is why it's hard. Like even in the first verse that we read, when, when he says, whoever does not uh, bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's an invitation to suffer, mm-hmm. right? And we don't want to suffer. Like we, we, we want to be comfortable, right? We don't want to ever come out of things that, that are easy for us. In fact, what we what we mean a lot by the way we live our lives is God. I want you to change, right? Right? Like I know my needs, you want yeah. me to change, but instead of instead of us changing, we want you to change. We want you to go. You know what? I know I wrote all that stuff. Man, gosh, I love you, and I know you're messed up and broken, and I know I'm hard on you, and I and I've made a lot of demands. But you know what? I'm just gonna look past it. Just you do you, and when you're ready to die, and when you're ready having your through having your fun and dealing with your porn and your drugs and your alcohol and the way you want to treat people, I'll still be here waiting on right. you. That's not the way it works. You know, it's not the way it works. It's what 
what Pope Benedict meant, the 16th man, and one of the quotes that we have on our email and that we love on our t-shirts and everything else is the world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. And this is what Jesus is trying to see us that is to trying to get us to see is that the surrender, this giving up, this stepping away, choosing of our own volition to step away from the comfort of our life is the opportunity for greatness. It's not an opportunity for loss. But we look at it that way because the devil gets in our ear and says, you know, if you start doing all this, you're going to have to follow those rules. And, you, you know, remember his judgment. If you mess up once, don't he, he, he convinces you, you know, when you're in the midst of a temptation, remember God's mercy so you'll go through with it, right? This is what Matt Fratt said when I was on there. But then mm-hmm. he says, after you've done it, remember his judgment. Don't go back there. Remember his judgment. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he tries to tell us is God's tricking you, right? The same thing he told Adam and Eve. He's playing a trick on you. He doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't because then your life is easy and you don't need him. That's what he's trying to, 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 to convince you. But what Jesus is saying, I want you to be great. And the only way that you're ever great is through me and through the things that I will show you you could do in your life. They're beyond your wildest dreams. But you first have to willingly walk away from all these things that you think are comfortable, right? I look back at my life doing drugs and stuff, and I used to think that was so great. Like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to drink all these beers. I'm going to feel great all night with these drugs and smoke these cigarettes. Man, when I quit, I realized, like, what a lie all of that was, right? When I I went to jail and all those things, I look back and I'm like, what I thought was such a, a, a place I wanted to be in my life was hell, and it was painted to be heaven by someone who wants you to to stay in that hell forever. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have to realize is, is that Jesus is not asking us for something that is impossible for us. It is tough. It is hard. And he minces no words in that. Every one of those verses I read are truthful. He's telling you, follow me. Do this. Do that. It's going to suck sometimes. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be comfortable. But the reward of what's going to happen in this life and especially in the next is going to be well worth it. Well, it's like we, we all have... Uh, we're all co-authors of this own book that's called The Gospel of Convenience. Yeah. We all carry around <laughs> in our back pocket. We only you know, pull it out when it's convenient for us. Yeah. Like you said, the truth is always there, written in red, and you know, most Bibles, in a sense, of God and Christ communicating to us, saying, these are my words, this is the truth I'm revealing to you. And a lot of us, we kind of like, we have a highlighter for things we agree, and we kind of like black out the, the words that we don't agree with. Right. And that's that's kind of the, the ever-evolving of the church, where where we, we accommodate where we want to be accommodating, and we, we bring more of the worldly issues, the yeah. politics into the church, rather than saying, no, this is this is where we need to be, this is where we need to focus, and we can't be like that because that is not what Christ wants us to be. Right, and a lot of times, like, we're... we're we're not in full surrender of our life. We're doing yeah. all these activities and we're checking all these boxes and stuff, but we really aren't fully surrendered. We're trying to do enough to pass the test, right? It's it's the difference between somebody who wants to get an A and somebody that wants to get a D so they can continue to play the sport they're playing, right? right? It, it's the difference in desire and what we want in our life. And and we see this, you know, throughout the scriptures and, and, and throughout the Bible. You know, when it, one of the most common places is the bread of life discourse. Jesus is sitting there telling people, speaking absolute truth to them and using words like gnaw at my flesh. That's what, you know, the, the Hebrew words would mean was tear at, rip mm-hmm. at. And so they understood that. He was purposely like not mincing words. This isn't a, isn't a, a metaphor. This is right. the truth. And this is what you have to believe if you want to be with me, it's right? Literal. Yeah. It's literal. Right. And, and so what do they say? This saying is too hard. And they walk away. Yeah. You know, they walk away. It says, uh, as a result, many of his disciples 
returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. These weren't people that just happened to walk up and go, whoa, man, I just caught this conversation. This ain't for me. These are people that had been following him. For almost years. Right? Yeah, right. And now they're saying, this isn't comfortable anymore, man. Right. I was good when he was going around and you know giving us bread to eat and stuff like that. But now this is, I'm not doing, I'm not eating his flesh. I'm right. not, instead of just saying, Lord, I trust you and I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do because I know you have my best interest at heart. Again, the, the rich young man we've talked about before. What do I do to get to heaven? Uh, you got to live these commandments. I've done those. Give me everything. Mm-hmm. And he walked away sad, right? Couldn't do it. Couldn't leave the comforts of everything he had amassed. And this is what Jesus asked of each and every one of us. And it doesn't mean that you got to sell your house and all those things. Jesus just says, I want your full heart, right? Give me everything. I'm not asking you to sell everything. I, I, I want you to live. I want you to survive. I don't want your dis- I don't want you to, to hardship on you. Right. There's going to be suffering and you got to deal with that. But I'm also not trying to get you to cast out everything you have in your life and, and, and give up everything. I know you need things in your life. And I'll provide those things for you when you trust me, when you surrender to me. Um, you know, I mean, all of us, you know, the thing is, we've all got to give up whatever he asks us to so that we can be with him forever. And the problem is we just don't want to do it, right? We, we, don't, we don't fully trust him. We don't fully believe it. We don't want to leave that comfort that's always tying us down. And then we have selfishness, right? We we want to have our cake and eat it too. And this is my greatest worry about myself and about everybody in the world is that, you know, we're going to think, you know, when you think about the world ending, like Jesus will come back on a cloud the way he, he's going to come back the way he left is what scripture says. We never think like, is that going to be tomorrow? Like, is can I, because our head, it's hard for our heads to get around seeing a figure or a being come down from the sky mm-hmm. with angels to, to basically the end of days, the end of times. But I just wonder how many people, and I see it in my mind when that happens, because Jesus said it would happen. Right. How many people are going to be falling on their knees at the moment going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this was real. This was real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me right now. Please forgive me. And Jesus, as he says, is solemnly will say, be gone from me, evildoers. Right. We've talked about that a million times. Jesus loves us enough to tell us the truth. And this is why it's so hard to live our faith, because we have to get out of our own way. We have to quit depending solely on ourselves, and we have to cast out the lies of the devil. And we have to invite Jesus into our heart fully so that we can live what he's called to. But that in itself is why it's so hard to live our faith, because we're always willing to give Jesus a portion of the thing, but it's behind, the rest is behind us. It's like um, I can't remember his name, but the, I think it's Ananias, but the, the man and his wife in Acts, when the disciples are starting to form and they're going out and they're, they're asking everybody to give everything for the survival right, of all of them. Right, they sold property, yeah. Right, they, they ex- sold their property. Extra money, yeah. And, and Peter, um, immediately through the Holy Spirit, knew they were lying. And he asked the husband, is this everything? And he says, no. Yeah. And in front of him, he turns to like a pillow, just salt, like dust, just, just you know, what, what do you call it? Disintegrates yeah. right in front of him. And then his wife shows up to ask where the husband is. And he asked him again or people, her again the right, same the people, question. The footsteps you hear, the people that just took your husband out. Right. Yeah, and right. boom, like yeah. there she goes too. And we, we don't realize that this is the same thing that Jesus is telling us. Like you can't hold things back in your life. I want every bit of you, right? And if you're willing to give me that, then all this that you misinterpret, right? When I say you must hate your father, you must hate your mother, you must hate all these things. 
I'm just simply trying to tell you I've got to be first. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, and I know it is. Everything I've asked you to do is hard. But I've given you the Eucharist. I've given you my very self. I've given you brothers and sisters to walk with. I've given you my very spirit and the Holy Spirit to be able to do these things so that you can come fully into the life of joy that I always made you to have. So you can be and experience the love that I gave you and fully give it to everybody else in your life. So yes, it's always going to be hard to live your faith. And this is why, because we are sinners, we are fallen, we are broken. We mess up time and time again. But again, Jesus isn't up there just, you know, casting you out every time you make a mistake. He's waiting for you to come and repent, to ask for that forgiveness, to get back on your feet and to give him your full heart again so that you can do what he's asked of you to do in the world. But your, your faith becomes easier to live when you start to do these things. The devil's the one convincing you you're going to lose things. You're not going to be comfortable. Your life's not going to be fun anymore. You can't be you. Those are all lies we have to cast out because he knows that if you start to believe that, then he's lost someone and you now have the ability to take other people from him. So that's what we have to understand. And, and you may be saying right now, okay, well, John, well, how do I begin to do that? Well, I would tell you one, start making him the priority of your life. Those are easy things to do, to say, you know what? I woke up first thing this morning. The first person I'm going to talk to is not the TV, my cell phone, my email, my text. It's going to be Jesus when I pray. First thing in the morning, I'm going to give him my day. And then try to stay in a constant conversation with him all day. When bad things happen, Lord, please help me through this. When good things happen, thank him. When um, when when just big decisions come, Lord, help me decide. Help me through this. Give me your wisdom. We start doing those things. We meet him in the scriptures and we start to understand more about him, right? Through reading our readings every day that the church gives us, the, 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 you know, the, the readings from the Old Testament or Paul, and then through, through the gospels, right? We go to mass and we take in the Eucharist and we get to know him more and more each time we take that in because he's in our very bodies. We adore him and spend hours in front of him so that we get to know him better. These are things that always put him in the priority of our life, but we have to change our thinking to the point of what is, what is, what would Jesus want me to do? I, you know, the bracelet everybody had, what would Jesus do? Sounds corny, but it's really like how we have to start living every aspect of our life. We want to give him a chunk here, a chunk there, but Jesus wants every second of every minute of every day of every hour of our life. And when we start to realize that and we quit fighting against it, we quit swimming against that current and we just let him sweep us up and his love and his mercy and his grace and his hope then we'll understand that our faith isn't as hard to live as we think. That doesn't mean there's not going to be tough times, but it just means that I'll be able to get through them because at the end of the day, he is my first priority and I am his. And together we work through these things and we find that we can be the people that he's called us to be. So guys, again, I mean, this isn't an easy thing, but until we figure out what Jesus wants of us and we walk away from comfort, we're always going to struggle. So look, don't look at the call of Christ as an insurmountable task given by a cruel taskmaster. Look at it as a loving God who knows what's best for you and wants that in your life. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you wish to be the most important person in our lives. You love us enough to tell us that you will settle for nothing less. Help us to fight the selfishness and desire for comfort that so often keeps us from giving you everything. And Father, whenever we see total surrender as something that will hinder our lives, remind us that it is in fact the key to become the person all of us truly want to be. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.